love it when a leader says, I have no interest in fashion, but I love that story. And I'm like, oh, you do have an interest in fashion because you're not naked. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. Wow, sending love to my New York peeps, Louisiana, and all those affected by Hurricane Ida. We are living in the weirdest of apocalyptic times. Have grace, guys. We are all doing the best that we can. So, first, that Doce show. Um, Doce and Gabbana's Automoda show was staged in Venice last weekend, or maybe it was a weekend before, I don't remember, but the fashion industry seems to have collective amnesia. The flashy event was attended by entertainment heavyweights, especially black celebrities like Sierra, Normani, Megan Thee Stallion, and even Diddy's three daughters. They actually walked in the show. And while I am always rooting for everybody black, in the words of Aretha, um, great gowns, beautiful gowns. But Doce and Gabbana have been racist for a hot minute and even recently. In 2013, Stefano Gabbana attended a party in blackface. Doce and Gabbana sent blackamore earrings, basically colonial style imagery of black women, down the catwalk at its spring summer 2013 catwalk show. Dolce and Gabbana said in an interview with Italian magazine Panorama that they are against the idea of gay parents. The brand sold $2,395 pom-pom embellished slave sandals online. On Instagram, the designers enthusiastically voiced their support of Melania Trump, a frequent wearer of their clothes. Not Melania Trump. When Gabbana discussed the duo's secession plans for the brand, he said, I don't want a Japanese designer to design for Dolce Gabbana. Then they called Selena Gomez ugly in an Instagram post. Some stylists boycotted Dolce publicly like Carla Welch and Jason Bolden, but Carla eventually started dressing her clients in D&G again. In November 2018, Dolce & Gabbana posted an advertising campaign featuring a Chinese model trying to eat Italian food using chopsticks. Soon after, screenshots of racist direct messages sent by Gabbana to an online critic went viral. He doubled down on racism toward China, stating he will refer to China in the press as a shit country and that they were dirty and smelly and ate dogs. Yuck. As the fashion industry fails to hold the brand accountable for its long history of racism, misogyny, and homophobia, do we love the clothes that much that love is blind? I took a glance at Doce's board of directors and shocker, no black leadership. When you only use black people in campaigns or runways to appear diverse, that's not what diversity and inclusion truly is. That's using us as a prop. The clothes are fire, but not enough to tolerate racism. I'm obviously in a mood today, <laughs> so let's pivot into the finale of the hype. Over the last two weeks, we've seen the 10 contestants that started the show be dwindled down to four. Camilla, Justin, Kai, and Paige. Paige is the only black woman and the last black contestant that could win. Each designer has their own unique aesthetic. 
Camilla's mixture of baggy oversized Burning Man style clothing has continued to surprise co-signers Marnie Sinofonte, Beffy Burkett, and Offset throughout the series. Justin's patchwork and reuse of fabric has enabled him to design looks that are both comfortable and fashionable while still maintaining an edge. Kai's work, which leans heavily into all black everything and a biker aesthetic is polished, cool, and chic, but I don't think it's streetwear. Like Cardi B said, it's giving shop where I got my first tattoo. And I think he should work for Chrome Hearts for sure. I mean, everything is black. And Paige, whose designs celebrate a woman's figure and the black excellence that has shaped fashion and culture, has had the most growth in the competition as a whole and the only one outside of Justin who is sewing impeccably. But who won the hype and the $150,000? Well, Justin, who is crazy talented and really sweet and representing Chicago, my hometown. So that's fine. Here is what I was salty about. The last challenge before the finale was ladies in a place with style and grace, challenging the top four to make looks inspired by strong, influential women in their lives. Given Camilla and Paige's body of work, it was a challenge that could have easily sailed them both into the top three. However, Kai's surprising faux leather design awed the judges. He'd never designed for a woman foot before, but he won the challenge. Hmm. Paige's fashion forward look inspired by her grandmother's personal style also carried her into the next leg of the competition. Her look, I'm sorry, was killer. She had a puffer that could turn into a crop puffer coat. She hand painted the fabric. She made an updated hat inspired by her grandmother. It was Vogue editorial worthy. Kai gets too much credit for these all black clothes. And I have to ask, are the men overestimated and the women on this show underestimated? Yes and yes. Like every other facet of life, the black woman has to be twice as good, the overachiever, while helping all those around her with sewing tips and so on and so on. Though Justin's utilitarian designs wasn't as flashy as Camilla's, the judges saw more growth in his work than hers, which cemented his place in the finale. I like Justin, I really, really do. He was given Upcycle Meads Public School. Using only their lookbooks and a presentation on their work, their work throughout the competition, Justin, Kai, and Paige made their case for moving on to the finale. Ultimately, the judges chose Kai and Justin. While Paige had grown the most out of all of the designers, had a clear vision for her work and a message about uplifting black creative voices, her collections didn't resonate for them as much as her two competitors. She did, however, receive an offer to collaborate with Marnie Senefonte, who she has looked up to even before her time in the competition. Justin's work, which he describes as a means of survival and a product of his upbringing, has been a standout since the beginning of the hype. But Kai, he should have been eliminated. His collection wasn't streetwear to me. I know streetwear dabbles in goth. Like I said, it has Chrome Hearts vibes. But I just can't help to think about the black and brown poor kids who created streetwear. I think of Dapper Dan and the culture as a whole, and we still find a way to put two men, one white and one Asian at the top. I understand Kai is an immigrant man of color, I do. But in, in America, the top salary earners are white and Asian men. 
When you earn the most, you can potentially live the best. Not always, but you know, it really puts you in a place to do so. This was a real opportunity to acknowledge Paige reclaiming her time as she really brought the talent, style, and heat to this competition. What a terrible message to, to send, especially with two women as judges. How is it even comfortable for them to award the top prize to, albeit a very talented white man, this is exactly the system Paige was protesting with her designs. Like, can black creatives be the authority on the culture they created? It seems like we're just going to have to wait longer, but black creatives, please keep going, whether you're embraced or not. I will end on a quote from Lindsay Peoples-Wagner. An elitist industry that thrives off exclusivity won't change easily, but trying to open the doors of fashion wider has brought me the most meaningful purpose and creativity of my career. And until next time, peace.